We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast, the aftermath episode. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, there are. I want to get your reaction to the game last night, but before we get to that, the Broncos cut five players about an hour ago. Kendall Hinton, no longer a Bronco. Isaiah Prince, uh, the offensive tackle. Wide receivers, uh, J.J. Koski and Nick Williams. And then defensive back, Delonte Hood. What's your gut reaction? Number one, I'm going to miss the uh, Hall of Famer, Kendall Hinton. I appreciate his contributions to Broncos country. It's a surprise, not only because of the name, but because he was starting to really develop as a receiver. I know we didn't really see eye to eyes eye to eye on this too much Chad but I saw someone who was not just a gadget player or a a token he was getting better as a pass catcher but obviously the Broncos had other ideas my takeaway though is the fact that so many receivers were released at once and maybe it's just hopeful optimism it's got to be a decent sign for Jerry Judy I I would think you know I heard Mike Kliss on the broadcast last night saying he doesn't hear IR as a possibility for Judy he thinks he'll miss a game or two before coming back and if they were truly worried about his long-term prognosis would you really cut Hinton who's been a veteran reliable depth receiver would you cut all these other guys I happen to think not so I'm taking it as a uh, an encouraging start you know what it tells me is they are gonna so let's assume they're carrying Judy so Sutton Judy Mims and then after last night Lil Jordan Humphrey who else Callaway mm-hmm. Brandon Johnson because Callaway has not impressed me at all and I know he's got that history with Peyton Brandon Johnson so that's six okay um, Hinton just didn't factor in. It's unfortunate because he's a smart, savvy player. He's the he's the type of uh, player period that coaches tend to gravitate to and really value because he's really smart and he'll do whatever he's asked to do and he'll do it unselfishly. Yeah. Uh, but he just, for whatever reason, he wasn't able to capture the uh, capture the love, so to speak, from the Sean Payton coaching staff. What he needed was after a quiet training camp, Zach, kind of like backgrounds caliber training camp, 
he needed to have at least one of these three preseason games be semi-productive, not necessarily yeah. Albert Okawebunam in, in right. game three, but like, you know, a, a good, a touchdown, 40, 50, 60 yards receiving. And man, he just couldn't get there. And last night, uh, one target, zero receptions, uh, two targets, pardon me, zero receptions. So happy trails to the Hall of Famer. We, we, we'll miss him. And the game before that, uh, the San Francisco game, Hinton had a bad couple of drops, and maybe that stayed with uh, Peyton and the coaching staff. And um, once they signed Callaway, once they signed Jordan Humphrey, little Jordan Humphrey, I feel like that was the writing on the wall for the incumbent receivers that were holdovers from the Hackett era, the Hintons, the Montreal Washingtons. Obviously not for Jalen Virgil. He had, I think, a sure path to the 53 before his injury. Montreal's still up in the air, but... Uh, maybe the drops, maybe they weren't seeing something from Kendall Hinton in practice that didn't think that it would materialize over the long term. But Peyton is big on familiarity, Chad. So I'm not totally shocked that he's going with his guys in Callaway and Humphrey. When it comes to Isaiah Prince, you know, a little bit of veteran experience <clears throat> that tells me, and this is something I learned last night, Alex Palcheski, I think uh, his, his, his outlook might be really strong coming out of this mm -hmm. preseason. Uh, you would never know it looking at the way his name is spelled, P-A-L-C-Z-E-W-S-K-I, but it is, in fact, pronounced Palcheski. What do you think? Because you're going to carry probably four tackles, Bulls, McGlinchey, uh, Fleming. Prince was kind of assumed to be that fourth guy, but I think obviously he's not that. He's Gonzo. So who do you think that fourth guy is? Because Quinn Bailey, maybe they just save the roster spot because Bailey can play inside and out, but he's really looked good this off this uh, preseason inside. Yeah, I was never the biggest fan of Quinn Bailey at tackle. I always thought he was like a Michael Schofield where he was better at guard or Billy Turner. Um, Pal, Pal Zuski, did I get it, Chuck? Pal Chesky. So imagine you're my pal. Let's play chess. Turn the key. Pal Chesky. <laughs> Palcheski, yeah. Uh, he's been the apple of the coaching staff's eye, it seems like, at tackle. A lot of work with the ones, some compliments from Sean Payton. And we've heard these matriculating reports at a training camp that he was getting more reps, he was looking good in pass pro, and uh, there was an easy path to the 53 form when your biggest competition is Isaiah Prince or Quinn Bailey or uh, Cameron Fleming, who hasn't really stood out to me. I would want, Chad, not to have to worry about paying three highly paid tackles. So if they can get Pal Chesky as a developmental backup swing and make him the permanent number three, maybe, maybe down the road, taking over for Garrett Bowles, a left tackle, that would be ideal. I want to grab this super chat from the Papa Bear, as he is known, David McElrath, who we learned um, over the last few days, unfortunately lost uh, his brother. So Shout out to you, David, and your family. As I mentioned privately, anything we can do to help you out, you let us know, Big Dog. Your family, if there's anything we can do to help at all, let us know. Appreciate the super chat, Big Dog. He's saying 12 and 5, Buckham times 3 with a B. MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life. But, yeah, thoughts and prayers to uh, the McElrath family. Yeah. Appreciate you, David. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that, David. Anything we can do to make these uh, tough times a little better, we will do. Absolutely, and we thank you every single night for your support. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you here in the chat, I'm sure, soon. Uh, all right, real quick, um, from Gary Palmer, the legendary swashbuckler himself, who we will be getting to see in just a couple months' time, says, hey, Chad, Zach, Dylan, and Scott, what do you think about Albert Okawebunow's future? A lot of ways that could go. Go Broncos, buck them. Thank you, bud. Appreciate you, Gary, because what he's talking about is 
He could either be cut, which I don't think is going to happen now. He could either be traded or he could make the roster. So which way is this going? Do you think Zach? Yeah, I said this on Twitter last night. Um, at the very worst, you have a um, a trade asset in Alberto, and not to pat our own back too much, but that's something that we envisioned when training camp began and the preseason began. Alberto didn't look like he was going to make the fifty-three. There were too many hand-picked players ahead of him, including Manhurts and Troutman, and maybe Nate Atkins. But we thought that his talent would come alive in the preseason when he's going up against backups. This is a future or a former starter, and his talent definitely shines. So at the worst, you could flip him for a draft pick. At best, you have a starting caliber backup that's a red zone weapon. He looked like a monster. He looked like Travis Kelsey in the red zone. I have never seen that type of effort and output and consistency from Alberto. That's what we've been hoping for and waiting for for three years now. All it took was a semi-competent coaching staff to unlock that. Go figure. But I don't know. I, yeah. I It's hard to keep him off the 53. But do you really, if you're Sean Payton, do you cut one of your guys? Do you cut a man hurts? Do you cut it? I don't see how you cut Troutman. How do you? carry this many on the 53 that's an unenviable decision for a lot of people had uh, i know trickles final 53 before the preseason finale he had the broncos carrying four with nate adkins making it obviously mm. i would guess that's that prediction for him has probably changed but that's the point of having some fun with it before the preseason finale um because you're so quickly, uh, the results of your prediction are, are laid bare quite quickly. Uh, Arvada Orange, what's up, dude? This is a newer name, so welcome, welcome. big dog. Thank you. Appreciate the super chat. Uh, really cool to have you. Don't forget to connect with us on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, or Facebook or Instagram, where we keep the conversation going outside of these streams, my dog. It says, howdy, fellas. I typically watch late. So good to be here live, Denver Bronx for life, MHH for life. Awesome, brother. Well, thank you for checking in, and we really appreciate uh, the, the Super Chat. helps us keep the lights on, big dog. Thank you so much, Arvada. If you have a comment, question, concern, consideration, please feel free to fire it in. We will be sure to address it. We have many close buddies uh, living in Arvada. So, um, Michael Davis, what's going on, big dog? He says, pretty, the telltale sign of coaching times three is coaching, visible coaching, coaching. improvement. Week over week, uh, we finally have a trajectory, a compass, go Broncos. Amen, dude. It's uh, That's something, Zach, that Scott and I were kind of ruminating over last night on the gut reaction was just, man, how nice it feels to see coaching, competence, and just like organizational and operational on the field command. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And how about how they responded? Obviously, they had a couple uh, tough weeks of uh, tough days of joint practice against the Rams. They looked really bad in that first one, just, you know, slogging and mistake filled and their head wasn't in it and the physicality wasn't there. They lost two preseason games by one point. They needed some. I know it's preseason. I don't want to be hypocritical and react strongly one way or the other. It was a resounding victory, a shutout, 41 nothing. but they've responded. They didn't want to go into week one with three losses. They didn't want to go into week one with that label of being a team that wilts under better competition. They, they were out physical. They were outclassed. They were outcompeted. They show that they're not, this is a different Broncos team. And when you have the coaching, when you have that compass, when you have that leader, it comes out in week to week increments. It comes out in play by play increments. How about in week one? Against Arizona, the offense looked bad to start, but they settled down and they got better. That's a sign of good coaching. This team that we saw last night in the third preseason game looked night and day different than the team we saw in the first two games. That's a sign of uh, progress, coaching. That's what you want from your leader, and the Broncos finally have that now. Not to beat a dead horse, Chad. We've been saying this since the moment Sean Payton was hired, but it's so nice and refreshing that they finally have that elite coaching on the sidelines. That's why we wanted either Peyton or Harbaugh. We wanted that. I, I have to keep referencing back to Terrell Davis because I think he summed it up so nicely. Not yep. how to, a guy who couldn't who couldn't just guess on how to fix things, but knew exactly what the prescription was and could go about uh, executing it. Hey, Troy, we see your message here. He says, hey, guys, my Super Chat feature has not worked since YouTube did an update. Anyone have suggestions? Thank you. Well, my brother, um, one suggestion would be, have you tried logging out of your YouTube account and then logging back in? Um, otherwise, you might have to go into your Google account and check to your settings and make sure that your payment options are still valid and connected. Uh, outside of that, you can still support MHH and the show on Facebook, watching the streams live with stars. That's just a, another option. But, Troy, we really appreciate you, big dog. Those would be our suggestions for now. Um, so let us know. Let us know how it goes. Uh, Lawrence, what's up, dude? Great to see you tonight. He says it took the stadium booing like crazy for the officials to kick out number six. I'm glad of the way we all made that stadium shake booing. Yeah, it uh, was interesting that it was one of those um, kind of delayed things. And uh, maybe it was a little bit the, the crowd expressing its displeasures at. Better booing than counting down the play clock. I, I would take that as a sign of progress. And uh, I never doubt Broncos country. Y'all are the best fans in the NFL and, and some of the, the whole professional sports world. And it does make a difference on game day, whether it's preseason or the regular season, y'all always come out and show out. And that was evident. So uh, Phil jumping in too to say, and thank you, Phil, for the stars, my brother. He says, good evening, Chad, Zach, and Deacon Scott. I got to say, 
Jarrett Stidham really stood out to me last night. Great on reading defense and taking the hit and getting right back up. A good backup quarterback. Buckham, MHH for life. Appreciate that, brother. And yes, that last night it was like, okay, I'm 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 gonna echo what Sean Payton said after the game at the podium. I was encouraged, right? Which tells me it's not a for sure, it's not an absolute, Zach, what I'm about to say, but for him to close his remarks on on Stidham, which I can read the whole um, the whole quote if we want to, but for him to close it was saying by saying I was encouraged to me implies doesn't prove, but implies he was maybe having some doubts after those first two preseason games. I gave this dude ten million bucks. I recruited him to Denver, and then I, and then he showed it. Now I'm encouraged. So it was impressive. I don't think it was like you know, it's, oh my gosh, who do we have starting? We Stidham should maybe be the guy. It was like, okay, this is what a – what did Sean Payton call this guy when, when Broncos first signed him? We think he's a starting caliber guy. Yeah. He's a guy that, <clears throat> you know, could start in the NFL and capable and competent to start. Um, and he showed that, I think, last night. Here's what he said. He's been consistent all during camp. I thought, uh, I thought he did real well. He started off really hot. He took a shot on the one deep com- interference completion. Um, Bounced back. I, I thought he, he played well, made a lot of good decisions. Um, I was encouraged. And John, I, I I did, Zach, love that seeing that toughness when he did mm-hmm. take a couple shots. And it wasn't just unnecessary shots like, come on, dude, you should have just got rid of it. Those shots he took, he knew he was going to get lit up. And he bided his time waiting for the route to develop, took the shot. Uh, oh, my Whoa. gosh. Uh, David, from the top rope. Uh, one of our uh, long-standing OG Super Chat superstars dating back to the beginning of us taking the podcast live. Very, 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 very grateful. Thank you, David. So good to see you, big dog. He wants to know. We'll uh, we'll shift gears for a second, put a pin in, in Stidham. Do you guys think that we'll have any trades before game one, Zach? I think so. It's just it's not going to be that superstar name. You know, obviously, thank God Trey Lance is no longer on the table. He went to Dallas for, I think, a fourth-round pick. There's the Jonathan Taylor trade rumors or whatever speculation. But I I also tweeted this last night. How do you – how does one – I'm not going to name any names, but how does one watch Javante, Samaje, and Jaleel McLaughlin, who had another terrific performance, how do you watch them play and think to yourselves, you know, the Broncos – they could use Jonathan Taylor. It just, it, it really makes no sense. So to answer your question, David, getting back to that, they might make a trade. I just, I always see George Payton working the phone. Sean Payton's always active. They like churning the bottom of the roster. It could be for a deep reserve somewhere, maybe a receiver, maybe uh, you know, a tight end. I don't know, but it, it, I could see one happening. Just don't expect it to be that superstar blockbuster level. Yeah. Uh, I think Jonathan Taylor got put on the pup list for what it's worth to open the season. If I read that right today, right, Scott, that Taylor and Indy, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I think that was a kind of no, no, there there in terms of the Jonathan, Taylor. not to say the Broncos uh, don't like his, his game, but uh, bigger fish to fry. And especially when you have Pookie back on schedule yeah. or ahead of schedule, you've got Samaje P Ryan looking like, a really solid investment and a young cat by the name of Jalil McLaughlin, just blowing everybody's hair back. You don't need to go try and give up a second round pick or whatever the Colts are going to ask for. It's time to hold on to some of these picks for Dak gum crying yes. out loud sake. 
and so I think they will it's on the subject of trades. If there's trades to be had, I think it's a, it's a surplus guy that gets dealt. And really the only in the wake of the Judy injury and whatnot, the only surplus guy I can really point to is Albert O. But because of that Jerry Judy injury, I don't think they get rid of him. I think he earned a spot. I think they're going to find ways to use him, Sean Payton, because, again, this is an offense that we'll see how it comes out in the wash, but that is expected to utilize a lot more 12 personnel, two tight mm -hmm. end sets. That includes two wide receivers, two tight ends, a back, uh, than is you know traditional per se for Sean Payton. And I think maybe the Kendall Hinton release could uh, be interpreted as a positive sign for Albert O that they're trimming from receiver to maybe carry an extra tight end. Maybe they carry five, including Atkins and Alberto. So yeah, you're right. It could be where they trade one player out. I can only really think of Alberto, uh, but if they do acquire a player, it won't be, in my opinion, a, a truly huge name superstar. Troy figured it out. And here he comes from the top you, row. Troy. Wow. Uh, he says, Hey guys, my phone and super chats have not been compatible lately. So please spread it to all the shows. It says, very happy with the direction of the team. I hope we find a landing spot for Albert O or that Adkins can clear waivers. Have a great show. See, I'm not I'm not really tripping on Adkins. Like, I haven't seen anything from him that makes me go, oh, got to have him. I like, I don't worry at all about exposing him to the waiver wire. I doubt he gets picked up. Albert O made himself like undeniable. This is a guy who should not only, Zach, make the roster, but like he should have a place on the offense. Like it was straight dominant. Let me show you what a baller looks like. It looked yep. like ones playing with twos. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like bona fide ones, which is interesting because this is a guy we've seen flashes of what right. we saw last night. Just not, not a complete body of work. And you know, the one argument people make, and there's some weight to this, what I'm about to say relative to trade uh, trading Alberto is that, if they weren't interested in trading him, they wouldn't have played him as long as they did, especially after he had such a impressive, uh, you know, first half, for example. And there might be some truth to that, but beggars can't be choosers. The Broncos have an injury to Jerry Judy. They lost Tim Patrick. Right. They lost KJ Hamler. You need receiving talent. Period. And he might be a big one, but he's a receiver. Let's face it. I was just going to say, yeah, you're replacing Judy temporarily and he'll come back, but you're also replacing Tim Patrick. And where was Tim Patrick so, so good in the red zone when you had to have it most it, within the, the 15, 10 yard line, the jump balls, the, the possession uh, ability that he brought to the table. That's what Alberto can provide for you. So maybe it's not a receiver for a receiver swap. Maybe they don't replace Judy outright with Marquez Callaway, for example, or uh, Lil Jordan Humphrey. Maybe the tight end step up. And if Sean Payton figures that, there is no better, including Greg Dulcich. I'll say this, not a hot take. There is no better pure pass catcher in that Broncos tight end room than Alberto today. I haven't seen, I know it's a short sample size, but I haven't seen Greg Dulcich take over a game like Albert O did. And I know, you yeah. know, it's only had one preseason and didn't even play in this game, but still, that was impressive. Brandon, what's up, dude? He says, uh, and thank you for the support on Facebook, my dog. How do you all see the cornerback room shaking out? I have, he's saying, Bassey making the roster in my 53 projection. I, I Similar to Albert O, like, you can't keep Bassey on the outside looking in on this after he displayed what he did a pick in every preseason game. Uh, it's just, you can't do it and maintain credibility in the locker room about the best guys will make it. The best guys will play. 
you know, I'm thinking to myself, how many cornerbacks are the Broncos going to keep on the 53 realistically? I, I would say five or six, uh, maybe seven tops, even though that seems heavy. So at cornerback, you have obviously PS2 and uh, K1 Williams, Damari Mathis, Riley Moss. Those guys are locks. Uh, competing for spots beneath them are Tremont Smith, who should be cut as far as I'm concerned, Art Green, who's probably a practice squad material player, Fayon Hicks, who's replaceable. And then you have a Sang Bassey and Delonte Hood and Fabian Moreau. If you're a Sang Bassey. Did you mention McMillian yet? Yeah. Okay. I, so, I think, so I think I did. Okay. So we're at six with one guy on the outside looking in. Like it's either going to be uh, McMillian or Tremont Smith, who Mike Cliss last geez. night, for what it's worth on the broadcast said Tremont, he had Tremont Smith making it, pointing to his two and a half million guaranteed. And I also heard him being the kick returner, even though he's gotten like, he's been leapfrogged by Marvin Mims. I don't see the attraction to Traymond Smith money or no money. He's been so bad in coverage as Scott pointed out in our side chat, Fabian Moreau has been, uh, I'll say booty for the Broncos to this point. <laughs> and I'll go, um, I'll go for the upside and I'll go for the, the younger player in a saying Bassey who, like you said, Chad, he's playing so good. Pick after pick after pick. How do you not? I mean, he. the whole point is to earn your spot by stepping up and rising to the challenge. What message would that send if he has a pick in every game and doesn't make the team? Well, and at what point do you stop saying that the guy's lucky when, you know, it's like, all right, that first game, the interception against the Cardinals, the guy falls down, he picks it, takes it down the field a little ways. You go, ah, that was lucky. Second game gets another kind of lucky interception. When it's it. like every single game, yeah, and I throw myself, <laughs> I, I throw myself in this group. I was like, yeah, that was lucky. Well, that was kind of lucky too. Now I'm going, all right, you know, uh, takes a lot of work to be that lucky, Zach. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit of talent to boot. Right place, right time. But you have to put yourself in that place to be in the right place at the right time. And saying Bassey has understood the assignment. I will say that under uh, VJ in the time that he's been the de defensive coordinator and another feather in Christian Parker's cap. The guy just works magic with the Broncos secondary. Arvada, talk about uh, blowing people's wow. hair back. I mean, look, I don't even have any more hair. This is what you're doing to me, Arvada Orange. Appreciate you, Thank big you dog. So Second, very generous, even Thank more you. generous super chat. He says, back again, how do you guys feel the Davis Webb project, that's the Broncos' young new quarterbacks coach, is panning out? I see players of all positions chatting it up with him on the sidelines. There has to be some respect being cultivated there. MHH for life, Denver Rocks for life, Rocket hosts. Yeah, it, I had some similar thoughts last night uh, on that subject, Arvada, and How's it coming out in the wash? Well, you know, Russell Wilson, even though no one would give him credit for it, finishes game one where he got the most snaps with a QB rating north of 100, right? Um, second preseason game, solid again. Took a little time, but Jarrett uh, Stidham pops big time in the third game. Uh, you got Ben DiNucci showing, showing out well in the first one, taking a little bit of a step back in the second one, and then coming out strong and closing, mm -hmm. punctuating his preseason well with a, a, a north of 100 QB rating and another touchdown pass in the finale. So judge them. You know, you shall know them by their fruits. Well, so far it seems, the early returns anyway, Zach, on the fruits of Davis Webb are good. It seems like Sean Payton knew what he was up to on this one. Well said. Yeah, the fruits are pretty tasty thus far. And obviously the, the real test will be the regular season. But when Russ looks like a better quarterback, Jared Stidham has 
progressed. That's a sign of excellent coaching. He looked pretty bad the first couple games, and he had a tremendous outing uh, last night. And then even Ben DiNucci, the third quarterback, is making some magic on the field. So you can only judge Davis Webb by the quarterbacks, and the quarterbacks all look pretty good. So I'll say A-plus so far. And I did observe the same thing, Arvada, with the guys chatting it up with him on the sideline with uh, Davis Webb. George, what's up, brother? He says it was a game that gives us all hope for a great season. Thanks again, guys, for your insight. Appreciate that, George. And yes, you know, it's it's the type of lift and just mo- like a momentum boost or a momentum kind of fulcrum, you know, that everything mm-hmm. kind of hinges on. Very nice. And I can promise you, might not have been the prime motivator for the individual performances that, you know, then turn into a collective performance. Last night, I think the primary motivator was, uh, hey, we got to save our careers. We got to make these rost- this roster. But I, I promise you, Sean Payton reminding the Broncos of how embarrassed they were on national television last December. Right. I know it's the preseason. Right. It's not apples to apples, but I guarantee that was, Zach, part of the motivational calculus uh, by, by Sean Payton. A hundred thousand percent. Yeah. Sean Payton's is very us against the world. And uh, that was a game that will live in infamy. If you're a Broncos fan or if you're a Broncos player who happened to play in that game, it was a disgrace. It was a Chad said like a national disaster and it's the game that got Nathaniel Hackett fired. So very ironic that Sean Payton would to this point have his best game as a Bronco against them. Johnny, not Bravo. What's up, dude? Welcome. Thank you. Zach, are you playing the MHH Fantasy League with us? What's up? Yes, I've seen these sleeper messages. Johnny, I will be responding in kind. I have uh, full plans to play this year. I just need to coordinate a decent draft time. I don't want to do it on a night that has a podcast, obviously. So we have to kind of talk about some things, but I am in for this year for sure. More information to follow, but you guys are going to have to get your uh, drafting on here pretty soon, right? Like, I guess you got what? About a week or so. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, I see one. I see a, the Duchess weighing in from on high. If I can find it, I see it at the top. There she is. Michaela. Yo. Michaela. Making her presence felt as she is wont to do. Thank you so much. She's the Duchess for a reason. She's Mount Rushmore superstar here at MHH. We can't wait to see you in October. She says, still stoked from the game. I think we have more depth than we thought we had. Like I said last night, I think it's time to move Dulcich to wide receiver and have Albert O as a tight end. Thoughts? So let me let me set this stage for you, Zach. All right, you run out on a first-team offense, and you can go a couple of different ways, but let's say kind of a, your 11 personnel, your three-wide receiver look is – is Sutton at the X, Mims at the Z, uh, Dul- or, you know, Dulcich at the Z, Mims at the slot, and Alberto, you know, on a second short, whatever, as your tight end. What say you? I appreciate the thought, Michaela, and uh, the generosity as a freaking always. Thank you so much. Um, it doesn't have to be, in my opinion, either or. If you want to have two pass catching tight ends and Dulcich and Alberto, keep. Another extra tight end. Then to me, I agree with you, Chad. Nate Atkins is a is a decent, you know, nice success story on drafted rookie who's caught the Broncos' eye. But he only really brings blocking to the table. I don't necessarily see a pass catching weapon in Nate Atkins. So maybe practice squad for him. You have Chris Manhurts, who's a good blocker. Troutman's a good blocker. You're good in that department. So if you want to have an extra weapon, if you want to really replace Judy and Tim Patrick and just give Russ another red zone target, hold on to Dulcich and Alberto. Don't trade them. 
Yeah, that's weird. We were just saying, Michaela, for some reason, so we have it auto set on our end in StreamYard so we don't miss anybody, that StreamYard automatically gathers Super Chat comments in a starred folder that we see so that we don't miss you. For some reason, yours wasn't showing up. That's why it took us a second to get to you. So, you know, we love you. You know, we appreciate you. But this is a this is a good problem to have when it comes to NFL offense. It's a first world problem having that many uh, good tight ends. And it's a pretty versatile group. If you're including Albert O now, Zach, into this picture, which I think the Broncos would be fools not to. Mm -hmm. Dulcich, Troutman, who let's not forget, open to the initial depth chart as tight end one, the blocking prowess of Chris Manhurts and just the twitchy wild playmaking ability of Albert. Oh, that's a pretty balanced out. You got two guys that are more receiving guys and two guys that are blockers. One guy that's really good at both, or at least, you know, uh, competent at both in Troutman. So I like the way that position's heading. And again, one of the reasons why the Broncos would be absolute fools to move on from, Alberto at this stage I maybe wouldn't have been I maybe wouldn't be saying this if uh game two in San Francisco was the finale I maybe wouldn't be saying this because it was looking like Alberto was giving up the ghost like he was kind of going oh, I just need a new change of scenery let him cut me or something like that but he showed out so hard the Bronx would be fools because Jerry I mean the the, the injury buck has just decimated the the top heavy it was a once top heavy depth chart that suddenly got very thin at wide receiver. So you need as much wide rec like receiving, yes. playmaking talent, uh, pizzazz, whatever, panache. You need that. So Alberto, unless you get a king's ransom, which you're not gonna get, he's probably worth more to you now on the roster, Zach. Right. Then even if a team came to you and said, "Hey, you guys invested a fourth in him in 2020. Here's a fourth round pick. Would you take that?" They're not going to even get a fourth round pick. The best they probably get is like a six or a five conditional, you know, draft pick. And you're absolutely correct. He's worth more. If if that's the Albert O, what he showed the last week or so, if that's the Albert O the Broncos are going to get in 2023. I would rather have that player on the offense catching passes or doing whatever than a measly fifth round draft pick. And Michaela makes another good point here that I want to bring up another super. Thank you so, so much, Michaela. Uh, Alberto's blocking has improved considerably and uh, seen him lay the wood in this, in the San Francisco game. You were talking about that McLaughlin touchdown was paved by Alberto. He actually pancaked someone. So he's growing in all facets as a pass catcher, as a blocker, as an all around tight end. And if that's the case, you can make the argument that he's a better blocker right now, right this second than Greg Dulcich. That if oh, you yeah. can make, if you can make that argument, Shad, then how do you keep him off the roster? It's true. I, I just, I just can't see it. And he's the dream. What you were waiting was for him to put it all together. I mean, six foot five, 260 something, runs a four nine. Are you kidding me? Right. He's a freaking freight train, dude, that can turn on the light speed like the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> so you just, that's a gift horse you don't look in the mouth. Uh, Michaela, you know, we love you. Uh, you are the bomb.com. Right back at you. Appreciate you so much, you, too. Um, okay. Where are we at here? Mr. Producer, uh, Zeus in the house. What's up, bro? So great to see the founding father of the Mount Rushmore superstars at MHH. He says it was great to see some competent football play and coaching last night. Amen. And Zach, it wasn't just, oh, hey, they lit up the scoreboard, which I mean, 
for a tribe that's been wandering the desert <laughs> like us. A 40 burger. Yeah, it was we were hungry. Nice. That 40 burgers, you know, Tasted it good. went a long ways. Uh, you could stretch that quite a ways. But it wasn't just the uh, proliferation of points, Zach. It was also the fact that every little operation, you know, was on point, baby. It was on point. Everybody was fighting hard. And it just feels good. It feels like something good's are coming. And one of the reasons I'm so stoked that it happened now, didn't happen necessarily week two, week one, is you punctuated the entire offseason, training camp, the preseason with that. And because it hadn't happened and everything kind of coming together like that, fans were feeling a little anxious, right? They're having some misgivings. They had some of that deep-seated concern and worry that they were sold a, another uh, Fugazi-type deal. Uh, as far as off-season improvements. And this gives fans a lift in their step, right? Like it gives fans that swell of encouragement and confidence that, all right, this is going to be a fun season. You know, the sad part is like you mentioned every operation being on point and they're just being more disciplined and, and doing their job. That's the the baseline for every good, well-run organization in the NFL. The problem is the Broncos have not been that in seven years. So now that we're seeing like the basics come out and the Broncos mastering those things, it's such a breath of fresh air. And we have to point it out because they didn't eke by last night. It was seeing a big dominating score, but they look like they heard the message. They got embarrassed in joint practice. They were starting to hear that same old Broncos argument and uh, discussion. Oh, maybe this is another eight-win season, seven-win season. They're not going to do anything. Well, they came out and showed that loud and clear. They heard it. They're not going to be the same team. And uh, week one, bring on the Raiders. You have, you had uh, the day before, or was it day of? No, day before the game, Mike Tannenbaum, former NFL GM, and likes to assert how he is tangentially connected to Sean Payton by virtue of them both at different times, never together, serving under the great Bill Parcells, uh, took to his show Get Up on ESPN or whatever, to the show Get Up, and uh, said that Sean Payton's going to bench Russell Wilson at some point this season. And the reason why is, you know what, this season's all about showing the ownership and proving to the players that it's about accountability and there's a new sheriff in town. I'm just laughing my butt off on this going – and this guy gets paid. Taylor, what's up, dude? Great to see you, my dog. Thank you. He says the the uh, Kendall Hinton cut, is he a practice squad guy? Uh, no. So the first wave, you can nine times out of ten feel confident that it's without any intention of that player coming back. More often than not, it's the, the those initial guys are just the for sures that aren't making it. Usually Zach peppered with one or two guys whom – the team respects and wants to actually give them a chance early to get to catch on with another team before the wire is like uber flooded uh, with other guys. So I think in the case of Hinton, he was going to be cut. And so the Broncos chose to do it now without intention of bringing him back. So the Broncos chose to do it now as kind of the severance of a, this gives you at least a better chance to catch on somewhere else. Yeah, and I'd be surprised, honestly, if he even cleared waivers, if the Broncos could bring him back, even if they wanted to. You're talking about a guy who's, in my opinion, again, developed as a receiver. Uh, he had 24 catches a year ago, 311 yards. You know, he averaged uh, 13 yards a catch. There is a team out there that sees Kendall Hinton and what he brings to the table. The fact that he could, if you need him, he can throw a ball, he can run with the ball, he can catch the ball. I'd be surprised if he uh, didn't sign elsewhere, unfortunately.
By the way, Scott, thank you. Albert O, 449, not 49, 44940. Everybody was wetting their pants, Zach, over Noah Fant running a 4.5. He's an inch shorter, and I want to, from memory, I want to say 15 pounds lighter. Albert O's a freak, and he's put it together. Don't look that gift horse in the mouth. Howie, what's up, dude? Says, what's up, fellas? Week one, it's a must win, in my opinion. Hands down, a statement game. What do y'all think? Hashtag Buckham. Yes. Um, must win, I have a hard time with uh, when, you know, macro meta stakes aren't on the table. But, you know, relative to, like, making playoffs, winning divisions, seeding, stuff like that. But it's as close to a must win game as a non-must win game is. Um, because Sean Payton not only has to, Zach, all right, look what I did in this preseason finale. It was my first game at home in front of my new fans. Uh, look what I did. Now I got I to gotta match that at least or at least continue on that precedent and not only beat a divisional opponent but snap this ignominious six-game losing streak to the lowly, lame Raiders. Got to get that win. I don't know if it's a must win, but I feel you, Howie, on the urgency and importance thereof. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't think must-win games exist in week one, but if they did, this would be a must-win game for the Broncos, especially Sean Payton, for the reasons that you laid out. He's trying to assemble a new culture and and show that he is the better coach uh, compared to his predecessor. They can't come out like they had in week one last season. You know, Hackett faced the Seahawks off the bat. That was, in my opinion, a must-win game as well after all the talk and after all the the modeling of Russell Wilson and the, and the hype. Came out and lost, and uh, they didn't look terribly good doing so. You fancy yourself, if you're Sean Payton, the Broncos, as, as a playoff team, you know that on paper and and off paper, you're a better organization than the Las Vegas Raiders. you got to come out at home, new year, new coach, all the hype, and show that you're better. So I agree. They have to make a statement. It doesn't have to be a 40-point victory, but it has to be, in my opinion, a victory nonetheless. Look who it is. Our boy, Mark Langley, Mark from Georgia, checking in. What's up, my guys? How about them Broncos? Indeed. How about them, Mark? How are you? I hope you're doing well, brother. Thanks for uh, checking in. It's so good to hear from you. Uh, 69 Skater Mike Wild Rift. Dope, dope handle, bro. Thank (laughs) you for the super chat. He says, that was how you use the screen effectively, as well as the run, to be able to get you big chunk plays. Congrats on our first preseason win. Yeah, it was nice to see just, I mean, you know, those first two games, Zach, we talked a lot about afterwards how the offense, the passing offense in particular, just wasn't quite in sync. They weren't quite up to speed. You could tell, like, in a use a little bit of a metaphor here, things were still buffering, you know, that window while you're waiting for things to load on your computer. But it definitely loaded and reached a critical mass of some kind last night. Or, pardon, yeah, last night. Where am I? Um and that's good. It was with the twos, the threes, the fours, the guys that aren't even going to be on this team, a lot of them. How's it going to be with the ones? Like, to me, I don't go, oh, I wish our twos. We got a lot of comments like this. And no, no, uh, I'm not trying to throw shade on any of our great community members who asserted takes like this and sent super chats like this, Zach. But it's to me, it's laughable. Man, I wish our twos could start against the Raiders on, in week one. It's like, no, no, no. What I take from it is, when the twos and threes are popping off like that, imagine how it's going to look with the ones. Yeah. I'm not worried about that at all. Right there with you. And in terms of the screenplays, I've been so encouraged. It, another breath of fresh air considering 
the Broncos haven't run many in recent seasons, and when they have, they haven't executed. I still laugh at what Sean Payton said about Javante. You know, he I guess he doesn't like 80-yard touchdowns because Javante dropped one a couple weeks ago. And I'm excited, of course, for the Broncos to get the ball in, in uh, Javante's hands and Samaj P. Ryan's hands, but getting the ball in Jaleel McLaughlin's hands, a screen to him, a well-timed, well-executed screen to McLaughlin, that could go for a 70-yard touchdown. I cannot wait to see what they unveil with him when the bullets start flying for real. Guys, uh, we got a little bit of time left, but here's just a reminder. Anything burning on your mind, get it in the chat now. Eric, what's up, bro? On Facebook, he says, even though the Rams were letting various coordinators make play calls and the announcers out here in L.A. said the Rams looked like the better team in their practices, the thumping we gave them and the shutout tells me otherwise. We have solid depth and talent. MHH, Denver Bucks for life. Yeah, bro. Um, yeah, by and large, anyone who observed the practices said that it just kind of seemed like the Rams were the better team, or at least getting the better of the days, right? Um, but it goes to show you that it's not so much about practice, right? It's about how do you execute when the lights are on, when the chips right. are down, when you're on the big stage and, this Sean Payton team showed that they can take it as they can elevate to that when the expectations rise as well. So that's very encouraging. And look at last year, they had uh, the Broncos did joint practices with the Cowboys and uh, they didn't look good against them. And they came out and, and they whooped on the Cowboys and, uh, and they looked like a better team. You, you never really know unless you know, but what we can gather is the coaching is evident because the mistakes they've made, over the first four, the first two weeks, excuse me, they were corrected in last night's game. You saw a much cleaner, more efficient operation like Chad was talking about. So that's what I take out of it, that, yeah, preseason, you can't overreact, but last night it gives the Broncos that push they needed into week one. Michaela Israel in the house. What is going on, my friend? So good to see you. Thank you for the super chat. You know that means a lot to us. She says, I have been pleasantly surprised and happy with our defense and the jump our pass rush has made. It'll be fun to see who starts. Yes, indeed. What is your prediction when that first base defense trots out onto the grass in week one? Who do you have as the, the starting OLB tandem? It's got to be Gregory and Cooper. We, we talked earlier about a player when they earn it, they should get it. And Jonathan Cooper at least until Baron Browning comes off um, pup in the regular season, it's got to be him in base defense. He's looked much better as a pass rusher, uh, his bend getting around the edge, his speed, his quickness to the quarterback. He was always good setting the edge. He was always good against the run. Um, Mike Kliss also mentioned this last night on the broadcast. He said that Cooper and Gregory will open in base and you'll have Frank Clark as your DPR third down pass rusher, big guns to bring in. It has to be Chad, Jonathan Cooper, opposite Gregory. The Broncos gave Clark basically a fully guaranteed one year, five and a half million dollar contract. And it came with a $4.2 million signing bonus. So he's locked in for this season, but I'm with you in that based on what we've seen. And you know, if it really is a meritocracy, Cooper should be that other starter. Yeah. And I don't think it diminishes or it doesn't diminish Frank Clark as a veteran. And, you know, he's got some skins on the wall. He's got Super Bowl rings. He's got some Pro Bowl accolades and whatnot. When he's still getting the opportunity to come in, he gets to make five million bucks this year and come in and rush the passer on third down like all day long. I'm happy to do that with what I've already accomplished and the money I've already made. Like sign me up is what he's saying. I would guess. So we'll see. But. 
I'm not going to rule out Zach, the uh, pragmatic aspect of my thinking in that NFL coaches, man, they like, they, they gravitate to the proven commodity and that's something Frank Clark is. And it's something Jonathan Cooper is not Phil got to say, I'm getting more and more on the bandwagon for rookie drew Sanders. He was all over the field last night. Yes. Had that nice pick. I mean, that quarterback just gifted it to him, but still right place, right time. I always get that. Um, I always get that quote wrong where preparation meets opportunity or whatever, you know, it's about luck, you know, it's talking about luck, but those stars aligned because he was prepared and in coverage, he's impressed me when he's chasing the ball. He's impressed me. Like to see what uh, Vance Joseph has in mind for some mm -hmm. blitz packages for him. But yes. yeah, got to feel encouraged for the highest drafted inside linebacker for the Broncos since DJ Williams, a first round pick in 2004. In the first couple games, I saw VJ send uh, Singleton or Jewel on blitzes. And last night's game, I noticed they had a Justin Sternod blitz from the off-ball position. And they're really hiding what they're going to do with Drew Sanders. But his ability, you know, the see ball, get ball, um, playmaking, clutch gene that you can't really teach. The fact that the Broncos finally, 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 finally have an inside linebacker who could cover, who excels in coverage, who can hang with a tight end, who has better ball skills than some receivers, and who's only a rookie. This is quite honestly my favorite draft pick so far, Chad, and it's only uh, the hype is only uh, increasing for me anyway. I tell you what, Marvin Mims made me a lot more excited about, oh, yeah. about his draft pick as well last night, so... Uh, Mark McDonald, what's up, big dog? Thank you for the support. He says, evening, fellas. Damn, what a game last night. Preseason or not, we came to make a statement. Yes. yes the, he had those troops rearing to go. I think it was peppered with a little mojo on, look what, remember what the Rams did to, to you guys, now us, on Christmas Day. Remember what you're fighting for individually as, as for your careers. And then also, guys, this is our first chance as a team under the Sean Payton banner to make an impression with our fans. Don't uh, let me down. And they did not. Bugmeister, what's up, dude? Thank you for the super. He says, let's go, Albert. Oh, about time, Zach. He says, we put up some yeah. dang points. I love it, man. You know, they were up 34 nothing. They had the ball near the uh, late in the game near the near the end zone. And I wanted that just to get that 40 point mark, just to, for the Broncos to finally be the team that steps on the neck, you know, that goes for the jugular that kind of puts it over the top. They've had that happen to them so many times in recent seasons. They've been the ones getting clowned. It's nice to be the clown doing the clowning for <laughs> once. No doubt. Quote of the day from Homer Simpson. Uh, and by the way, welcome. Thank you, man. What's up, guys? I'm back off summer. I don't know who this is. Who is this? He, they, he, it's he's speaking as if we should know him, but I don't recognize the handle. Do you? Mm -mm. All right, I'm not going senile. I'm getting old, but I'm not senile. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Quote of the day. I'll I'll let Chad when he pops back in finish his thought. But uh, yeah, I think the Broncos is as Mike Cliss also said he has him at ten and seven, even with the injuries and some certain uncertainty about. Uh, players, but yeah, I don't see why if Russ looks like he has in the first couple preseason games, getting Mike McGlinchey back, uh, Marvin Mims stepping up, Albert O stepping up, you have a really, really solid backfield. They stay healthy and knock wood like usual. I still think it's a 10 win team in Denver this season. Drew Peterson hopping in. Thank you so much, Drew. Good to see you. Love you guys. I am super excited for this season. 
Super Bowl bound. That is certainly a hot take, Drew, and I'm glad you put it out there. I love the confidence that you have. I'll rein it back a little bit. I don't necessarily see the Broncos as a Super Bowl contender in year one of Sean Payton, but crazier things have happened. At the very least, though, Drew, we can all agree on they'll be a much more competent team. They'll be a winning team, and uh, most of us believe a playoff team in 2023. 69 Skater Mike Wild Rift appreciates you. Another $5 super. Thank you so much. He says, uh, or they say, I shall say, been pleased with Garcia as of late. Also, the first string is going to wreck shop. Sean hasn't been showing his hand yet. The league will be on its heels. And that's another great point here. And Elijah Garcia definitely has looked good. I mean, another player, he's playing so well. Do you really risk exposing him to the waiver wire do you try to sneak him on the practice squad where he can get stolen i think he's earned it but we'll see how that dl shakes out we got chad coming back in dude i don't know what is going on scott that's two nights in a row like it's something with the it's something with the hardware because i'm hard lined into the router i don't know what the heck is going on and i my internet is not a problem i got to get to the bottom of this two nights in a row i thought it was because i didn't reset the i didn't restart the computer last night but I'll have to figure this out. Sorry, guys. I was just saying, uh, we're talking about Elijah Garcia, and if you want to continue your point about Russ, 10 or 11 wins this year? Uh, well, I was just going to say, from your lips to God, to the football God's ears, my brother. Uh, yeah. And, Simpson, quote of the day. Mac yeah, Dog. Oh, it's Mac Dog. Okay. Now, now we know. Awesome. Great to see you, Mac Dog. Are we going to see you and the old man at the meet and greet this year? That's what I'm wondering. I know it's a, it's a long trip from uh, – what was it, Lubbock? Was it Lubbock? Lubbock, Texas. See? Steel trap, bro. Steel trap. And to Skater Mike's point as well about the Broncos not showing anything, they don't game plan for preseason opponents, and they've admitted that they're purposely hiding certain plays or not running certain plays. We talked about VJ's plans for Drew Sanders uh, as an example. Sean Payton has a lot that he hasn't shown, and if they look that good, Last night, they've looked that good over the course of the preseason getting better. I'm with you. I cannot wait to see what they do when the uh, the training wheels come off. I've been really encouraged by Elijah Garcia, just kind of a knack for making the play. I think he gets uh, waived, and I think they keep him as a valuable piece on the practice squad to be utilized as an elevation chip throughout the season. But we'll see because what do you got? you got Purcell back. You've got um, uh, DJ Jones. You've got. Zach Allen. All right, there's your core three. Jonathan Harris, sorry, core four. I think Matt Henningsen, maybe more Zach by virtue of his relative draft pedigrees than and anything else. Lancaster. Cliss had Lancaster on the 53. Interesting. So, I don't know. We'll see how it shakes out. Yeah, Lancaster didn't dress, and that was like taken as a sign that the players who didn't dress are the ones that mostly have a, a spot locked up. I don't know about that, but uh, if 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 the the merit or the barometer is merit and the merit is your play on the field, Garcia should be on the final roster. Drew, we love you too. Appreciate you, big dog. Super Bowl bound, we shall see. Uh, have we caught up to all the supers? Oh, wait, hold on. Albert's got some advice. Chad, you might want to take a look at the internal temperatures of your PC components. They could shut down the PC for a moment if the temperature is too high. Uh, so what do I do? Put a fan on it? Is that what you're saying? What if, what if, what if I deduce that it is too hot? Then what? That's what I want to know. Maybe that's true because I've, I've had my computer on all day long covering Broncos Rams, right? Blogging and doing everything. So then what do I do? I wonder. Maybe just put a fan on it. 
wouldn't surprise me because there's nothing wrong with this unit, dude. Like the internet's killer. It's a brand new, very high powered unit. It doesn't add up. Maybe that's it. I've had a lot of bad luck with PCs, but you know what? I finally fired up this Mac. Got to do it. Dude, it is so dope. I've been using it for demoing and stuff with Bridge the Gap and just basically I've got it in my little studio room and it's kind of been relegated to that as its, you know, responsibility or whatever usage. But maybe I'll have to conscript it into uh, the stream. Wouldn't lead you astray, man. Would not lead you astray. I think that's going to do it, though. Appreciate well, you guys. Yeah, we have some messages for you, as always. Another tremendous episode of the MHH Podcast. If you're not doing so, please follow us on Twitter at the MHH Pod. Uh, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Chad at Chad and Jensen. Myself at Kelberman NFL. And Scott, our producer, at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch... MHH merch, bucket merch, you know what it is, where it is, MHHmerch.com. Check that out and get you some. Uh, also, drop us a like at Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Follow us on IG at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. And make sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, guys and gals, please Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you, baby. Amen. Shout out to the great Super Chat superstars and supporters tonight. David McElrath, again, thoughts and prayers, big dog, are with you. Yeah. Gary Palmer, Arvada Orange, so great getting to chat with you tonight. Uh, Michael Davis, David Kilgore, top rope. Um, Michaela, the Duchess, top rope. Troy, top rope, Johnny Not Bravo, Taylor Christensen, uh, Michaela Israel, 69 Skater Mike, The Bookmeister, Mac Dog, a.k.a. Quote of the Day on Facebook, Phil, Brandon, George, Eric, Zeus, Howie Frickin' Day, Mark Frickin' McDonald, and Drew Peterson. Much love and respect, guys. We'll see you tomorrow night, Monday night. We'll see uh, I think safe to assume we're going to have a lot to talk about tomorrow night. Yes, sir. 53-man cutdowns coming up. We'll break it all down for you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your Sunday. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.